The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people from Upsitnik and Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you. Your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies, this list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication and consultation. Don't be pushed around. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Carnival of Randomness. And yes, we're still your antidote for nerd culture. In times of great crisis, one turns to the words of the great philosophers. So for this, I would like to turn to the wise Mr. Slim Pickens from the movie Blazing Saddles. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? And that kind of leads in because... We are going to be talking what in the wide, wide world of sports, but more along the lines of those leagues that some of us may remember from yesteryear that aren't with us anymore, the old defunct sports leagues, and talk about maybe the future of some sports leagues. Rob is with me. Hello, and I have a little background in this, actually, because, yes, look it up, and if I find it, I'll put it on our website. My dad played semi-pro football for a New York Football league that's no longer on. He was with the Seneca Blackhawks. See, and it's those semi-pro leagues uh, in Pennsylvania, Johnny Unitas. And I remember, I have memories of going to Hollanders Stadium, which itself is defunct now. It's an industrial park. Oh, they killed it? Yeah, it's gone. It's like a little, but that was, you would go to Hollanders Stadium, and I will mention it, it will come up again probably, but we would go see semi-pro football. Which was fun. We I remember the Wildcats, but my dad started out with the Seneca Blackhawks, and I find if we ever find him i'll we, put him up we've got to find out I'll, I'll there's a picture of him today. with the good old helmet without the face mask yeah. and he was 150 pounds and he was the center and i remember i played football once to get somebody punched me right in the nuts when we started so he knew how to play in those days yeah oh the nut punches <clears throat> but yeah how many leagues have you re- have you seen back in your from your time of watching sports that are no longer with us many, you, there was a couple i think i've heard of them a lot and more than I've seen them, but I have seen some. One of the ones, I'm going to pull this one out of left field because we don't really think about it as much as soccer. And there was the North Ooh. American Soccer League, and it was big in the time because... It was very recent, wasn't it? This was, there might be more. This was the oh. one in the 70s. What they tried to do is get together and build a super team called the New York Cosmos. Ah, this okay, had, I remember hearing about and this that. this had the great Pelé. Oh, Pelé. But it also had Ricky Davis, who was probably at the time the most renowned U.S. soccer player. I think so, yeah. And my connection with him is my one prize in grade school. I won a raffle and I won a Ricky Davis soccer ball. So, Ricky Davis. But he's on Giorgio Canaglia, Franz Beckenbauer. Yeah. I I actually, because there was a North American soccer league, I think, in the past decade. And we had our Rochester Lancers. Yep, the Rochester Lancers. Where did they play at? Hollander Stadium. And you could watch WWR, you could catch the Cosmos games. And I honestly couldn't name probably any other team in the league except those two. But the Cosmos were the big draw. They would be 
the one where they would go around. I still remember for Hollander Stadium, I lived in Gates, and it was a little bit, you could walk to Hollander Stadium, but it was a little ways. When the Cosmos played the Lancers, cars, we had a drive-in at the time, and we it was Ridge Road, you went down Ridge, got to Hollander. Cars littered literally all the way down to us. It was so packed. Man. Well, Pele, you know, back in the day. Well, Pele, I mean, even to this day, he's still a draw. But then, and they've tried many a soccer league. There was the indoor soccer league. Yeah, that lasted for a cup of coffee. There was a league we had here, and I know this is from local stuff, because my friend Rob and I used to have a joke about going to Rochester Flash games. There was the Rochester Flash. Yeah, they had a cup of coffee in existence. And then we have whatever, the Rhinos who pop in and out. Is there a league? Sometimes you could feel the well, team. Well, uh, the Rhinos, I think, up until their hiatus were in the... USL, the United Soccer League, I believe yeah. it was. Soccer, believe it or not, has been around a lot in America because I never realized my Uncle Art, who passed away at age 95 in 2015, he played soccer in high school. So it was around. And let us not forget, the term soccer is an English term. Yeah. It was invented by an Englishman. So all this, oh, it's not soccer, it's football. Bullshit. It's soccer. You invented it. Shut up. Yeah. So that's why I'm starting with soccer, because I think the problem with that in the States is it's still not a sport. I know for the world, I actually got into watching a bit of the World Cup, because I actually lived with an English girl for a while, and that was the year England was in a, the World Cup, was getting, doing very well. It was around 2006, so I constantly heard the England win a World Cup and Wayne Rooney and everybody, but I got into it in the 1990s, because for a while, I got into watching Germany and all these others. And they try and they try in America. Well, I think the problem is there's too many other sports it has to compete with. I think with. partly it's the idea, too, is we like winners. And America is always, okay, you're not even going to be in the World Cup. When you're Italy's not in the World Cup, right. people are freaking who are tagged because it's disgraceful. I couldn't go to my mechanics, I heard. Yeah. But America, your soccer, pfft. What's well, the thing? Because, like I say, there's too many other sports to compete with. I and think more it's women's soccer for the Olympics and everything. And like it or lump it, NASCAR is the second most popular spectator sport in the United States. It is, and I had a friend. Football. And I had a friend when he moved, where he worked, used to say, "It's amazing how huge this is," and it is. It, it and really I is. couldn't think of any. You know why we're on the topic. Have there been? I don't know enough about it. Are there any defunct racing leagues? Um. I don't think so, at least not in the United States. I mean, the NASCAR's been around since, I believe, the 40s. 40s, because wasn't, didn't NASCAR start almost because of, like, those whiskey runners? Yeah, they're like bootleggers. Ju- they were Junior Johnson yeah, running Junior around Johnson, North Carolina. Junior Johnson, actually got an official pardon, what, 50 years yeah. after the fact. But, no, NASCAR came about as a result of bootleggers with their souped-up cars. They wanted to prove to each other who had the fastest cars, so they would kick tracks in the dirt and make a racetrack, but then the first one was North Wilkesboro. North Carolina. But for the topic, the only thing I've ever been to is actually by that racetrack we go by if we're driving to Buffalo. Oh, yeah, yeah. I and everything. And we used to go see one? drag, Spencer Speedway. Yeah, Spencer Speedway. We used Speedway. to go see drag racing. One of my friend's fathers was a gearhead. He used to even build cars. And we would go, we would get headaches and cry because it was so damn loud. I've been, yeah, demolition. But dummies. these aren't sports leagues that are defunct. No. All. But I want to bring one thing up, too. This is related. I was going to bring some historical leagues up, but I was also going to say it's amazing these days you don't think about, like, take a lot of our sports, how big they are on the international scene. 
the I think the most surprising one for me is probably basketball. Well, I baseball for me because for me, you go to London, you go to England. What do you think of? You think of soccer, you think of cricket, you think of Most a lot of things. Bees. You don't think of baseball, no, or hockey, or hockey. There, See, there, hockey there's actually a British hockey league. Hockey's another one where that's more Canadian. You have to give it to Canada. Yeah, they, these days, I'm but not these days. There are more. American teams in the U.S. South than there are in Canada and the NHL. Right. But these are international. You go all over there. Is Israel has a baseball team and a hockey team? Yeah. Japan is a hockey Israel team. Has, Israel has basketball as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go to Turkey, they have baseball and basketball. Yeah. Most of the Asian, you know, the Southeast Asian countries. A lot of people looked at the old idea of like money because the idea being for soccer, what do you need? You need a ball, a a little field. But for basketball, say you get like a garbage can, you could stick it up and a little ball. Or the old peach baskets. Yeah, peach baskets. Going back to the beginning. And I think that's the thing. For football, you need more equipment. Football and hockey, you need such specialized equipment. And in the case of hockey, specialized surface. Yeah. That it's not as popular. Well, you could do floor hockey. Well, right. I mean, there's inline hockey. There's actually inline hockey leagues, roller hockey leagues. And it helps if you live somewhere where it's really cold, so you can go on the ice and just play. Yeah, like Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Here, but or, uh, it Florida. is. It's huge there, though. I don't understand There is a it. joke from Slapshot. The whole idea of the movie was this woman was going to buy a team and bring it down to Florida because all the old people miss hockey. And it's, everybody's, it's well, wrong. That's, that's exactly. why the Florida Panthers came well, into being. Well, you have being. the Florida Panthers, the Tampa Bay Lightning. All these. Who got biffed in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been following playoffs. Now Penguins got six. You know, but it's so weird, yeah, to think that they're less – Hockey teams in Canada than we have in the Southern But I was thinking, I think the first thing I think of when I think of defunct leagues, I think of baseball. And the first thing I was going to say for leagues that aren't defunct, if you want a piece of history, we have the Penn League up here. Yeah, the New York Penn League. It is the single-A short season. Uh, So they play, what, 70-some games a year? 72 games. 72 games a year. June through August. June through August. It is one of the lowest levels of minor league baseball, but it's one of the oldest. The New York Penn League is one of the older leagues. It's yeah, and a lot of these teams have. That's why I'm bringing these up, even if they're around still for International League, Penn League. A lot of these teams have a lot of history. A lot of people have come through. Rochester Red Wings, they're the Red Wings because they were the St. Louis Cardinals franchise. Mm. We had a lot of big names in the Baltimore Orioles. We had a lot of big names come through Cal Ripken, here. You saw, yeah, Silver Stadium, and everything is really historical. Some of the people who passed through the Marty Marion, Stan Musial, yeah, and even more recent Joe Mauer, yeah, spent, spent a cup of coffee in Rochester. The M M boys, yeah. there, both of them. But that's so. There's pieces of history there, and the Penn League to me is just a neat thing. So it is Batavia Muck Dogs. But Go going Muck Dogs. to our topic of defunct sports leagues, one of the ones I think of immediately is the Negro Leagues. Yeah, and you know the Negro Leagues. Ooh, it's not PC, but that's that's what the, they called it. It's like they called the other yeah. one was the All Girls, All American Girls Professional. So Baseball we're not going to change so the name and say All. No, I'm not going to whitewash history. They were called the Negro Leagues, and they started. Real early, there was barnstorming teams back in the late 1800s even. But the Negro Leagues, as they were, with 1920, went until about the late 50s. Yeah. But at that time, they were more barnstorming because, obviously, we know when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, yeah. there was no need for the Negro Leagues No, it's Leagues cause anymore. and effect there because they were there for their purpose because you could not play in Major League Baseball, but when you could. And actually, that's uh, an interesting thing because that is why six... White guys played in the Negro Leagues 
because they were running out of players. So they had to sign some white players. Yeah. And there's only one of them left alive, the gray cat, Lou Clarizio. <laughs> but one of the things that's not looked upon is how much respect the major leaguers had for them. Well, you would go, remember, barnstorming, this was not taking a barn and knocking it down. This is you would get in, yeah. a lot of times you'd get in your cars. And a lot of the major leaguers, you did not make $30 million for being a 200-inning shortstop like no. you do now. So what you would do to would add go, to your income is after the season, you would go play pickup games, essentially, with teams. Right. And people like Babe Ruth. Babe did Ruth, it. I was going to say Lou Gehrig, I and, believe. And Babe Ruth had so much they would play against the Negro Leagues. Yeah. And Babe Ruth had nothing but utter I think especially for um, the great jo- late, great Josh Gibson, who I think arguably is probably the greatest baseball player to ever have lived. And that's Cool Papa Bell. Cool Papa Bell, how fast was he? He could turn out the lights and be at bed before it was dark. That's right. He could steal second on a bunt. He could... Bunt, get to third base. Yeah. But, I mean, there were some amazing athletes. And you look at some of them that did come out of the Negro Leagues. The great Satchel Page, what, the 40-year-old rookie in the yes. Major League and baseball. also at Willie Mays. Hank Aaron played for the Indianapolis Clowns. Hank Willie Aaron Mays. played for the Indianapolis Monty Clowns. Monty Irvin. Uh, Don Newcomb, I believe. Yes. Oh, yes, he was. Um, there's quite a few. And there's many, many who are in there who never, because they were too old. Or, they or died sick. young, Josh Gibson. Plus also still with the Maybe. whole element of racism, for example, for the Giants when they had you know, they had Monty Irvin and Willie Mays, they couldn't sign Aaron because they couldn't have three black guys. Right, they had their quotas. Yeah, so that. But um, and we'll move slightly sideways to the All-American Girls League. Yeah. Uh, made... F- brought to a lot of people's attention through the movie A League of Their Own, which is a great movie. Um, The thing about that is, if you watch that movie, if you don't know the history of it, you kind of get the feeling that the All-American Girls League kind of ended after World War II. That's not the case, because that league actually folded in 1954. Yeah. So long after World War II was over. And yet it was still going on. But, interestingly enough, that's why a few women went and played in the Negro Leagues because the All-American Girls League... Well, then there's Mamie Pina Johnson. Yeah, yeah, she wanted to play for the All-American Girls League, but they wouldn't let her in. And this was a thing... Because she was black, so she ended up playing for the Indianapolis Clowns. Because we do like history. We were talking one time about the Negro Leagues, and we were saying... Who's this Mamie Pina Johnson? Yeah. Who's who's he? Who's this guy? Yeah, no. uh, wait a second. It turns out she was one not one of, I think, three or four women to play in the Negro Leagues. And... Probably the most dominant woman to play in the Negro League. I think her she, things retired by the Washington National. Yeah, now. then they, they had, um, a few years ago, they had the fantasy draft. All the teams went and drafted what they would consider the best Negro League players. And the Washington Nationals drafted Mamie Peanut Johnson. May she rest in peace. She died not that long ago. And the problem with these is you hear all the stories, and there's many, many very good books on the league now, finally. Yes. And some people have painstakingly tried to get the stats. Tried and tried. But it's so tough, so you're going to hear all these stories, and it's it's a case of what might have been. You can never tell. Yeah. Somebody might have been great there, and they might just not have played well in the majors. Somebody might have set it on fire. It's one of those things in history... Where it has to lie where it is. It is what it is. But there's another league, and there's something about it, maybe you know a little bit about it in baseball. It was the Mexican League. 
I don't know much about but there was it, but I remember... something about it where if you played in there, you got suspended yeah, for some they reason. they called it... It was, what, in the 60s? No, it was before 50s. they had to sell Magley the Barber. Yeah, they called him... played it. This was before Brutus Beefcake. Sell Magley was nicknamed the Barber because he used to pitch really inside. He got suspended in the 40s for playing in Mexico for some reason. Yeah, they called him the Outlaw Leagues. And I'm not... I don't... My history on that era of the Mexican League isn't very good, but I just know of it. Yeah. That they were the Outlaw Leagues. Yeah. But now they have, of course, like the the winter ball. That's oh yeah, they that's have not um, extinct. No, now. they they still have the Mexican leagues, but now there's a Venezuelan winter ball, the Dominican summer leagues. Yeah, um, Puerto Rico has a bunch of leagues. Oh, they're all over. Which, considering the you know Roberto Clemente was Puerto Rican, yes, they better have baseball. Leagues. Oh yeah, but the thing jumping around a little, and I'll use the Rochester connection again. We'll talk about some in basketball a little bit, and we had one here. We had the Continental Basketball League, which is the CBA. And we had the Rochester Zenus. And the thing about towns, a lot of them, we're a mid-sized town. Some towns you're either for some sport or against it. We've always been a very big hockey town. No matter the Amherst could win 10 games, people would go see them. We never, and it's, when I lived in Albany, I lived in Albany for about a year and I found out they were a big basketball town, but not a hockey town. Yeah. They had the Albany River Rats. The- we would go down, they would give tickets almost for free because nobody would come. Well, for the basketball games, it would be huge. Nobody would come to the Zenus games. The Zenus were very big here. They actually won the championship. Yeah, they won and several. Had, the a guy, couple, you, didn't they? Probably, but nobody, nobody really cared. Yeah. Which is amazing. You have a winning team. And Mario Panaggio, the coach, recently passed. The only player of note that I remember was Larry Spriggs because he did some time on the L.A. Lakers. Hmm. And that league folded. Yeah, that one folded. Then it came back in a different iteration. The CBA or the CBA, yeah. I think, is still around. Yeah, uh, just like the ABA, the yeah. original ABA um, folded in or it joined the the NBA. It was almost kind of, it was almost of like it, a parallel. League. I may be wrong, but I think they pioneered the shot clock. Maybe I believe they. But did. But one and thing you'll always remember then: a lot of your really good players came out of it. Some teams did, like San Antonio was one. Yeah, and Denver. But the thing about that league too is they they tried to have a more wide open, and it's almost like I'm going to make a weird analogy because it's us, huh? A lot of sometimes these defunct sports leagues are like third-party candidates. They are. Where they come in, they do these rules, they fold, but then the main league goes, yeah, hey, man, they, that league, that was like pretty That was cool. a good idea, so a lot of the ABA rules were adopted now, in I'm the Now, I'm very NBA. sad that the one they didn't take was they had the multicolored ball. Oh, the red, white, and blue ball, that thing. is, And that's still the logo of the modern-day ABA. And it's cool, though. The I American remember that. But isn't that cool, though? Because if you're watching, that would stand out to yeah, you. Yeah, instead of just the orange ball and that if, blended in with the orange floor. And we're going to talk. This is sort of a defunct league, sort of not in basketball. But a lot of people don't realize, especially like in the 60s and 70s, playgrounds in the New York, they were you became a legend on the field. You would do pickup games. Yeah. That's literally, if you ever see Goat, the Earl Manigoat story, there was somebody who came out of these. He's considered the best player never to be in the NBA because he had all kinds of health and problems and other things. But Connie Hawkins, the Hawk, who's in NBA Hall of Famer, played in the ABA. They discovered him on the playground. Yeah. So imagine that doing a pickup game. And That's just... the thing. Imagine playing a game with a guy who eventually would end up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, who else? Oh, then there was... Because the NBA came about... I think through a merger of a bunch of different yeah. leagues. It was, uh, 
Originally in 1949, the Basketball Association of America merged with the National Basketball League yeah. to form the NBA, and then later they swallowed up the ABA. Because really, wasn't it sort of like around the 50s where it really got its footing? Yeah, because it was 1949 was then that happened. Because that would be, for any of you, you would never picture this big dude with glasses, George Mikan. He was like the Jordan of his time yes, with the George Minneapolis Mikan. Lakers. I, I was going to bring up the Minneapolis First Lakers. First big guy. First big guy. He was. And uh, the Minneapolis Lakers were the dominant team. Yeah. They won several, I think the very first, what they consider the official NBA championship. And then John Cunlow, he just liked the state so much that when they moved to L.A. He no, wouldn't go. He stayed to coach the University of Minnesota for years. Yeah, he and he, he recently passed away at, what, 101 years old. Yeah. Renowned for doing crossword puzzles, and playing, playing bingo, bingo, and watching NBA playoffs at our nursing home in Minnesota. But he was a legend. He is the basketball legend in Minnesota, but no doubt. certainly if you go around to hockey, you can go to so many. Well, let, in talking about hockey, let and I kind of mentioned the Parallel League. Let's talk about the WHA, the World Hockey Association. I think Jack Davies, some, Jack Davies somebody founded it. He was born in 1927. He had a background in college hockey more than NHL, but he was the first president. Yes, he did. And... Or he was, I should say. That was a league that, because you're talking, it wasn't long after, because what was it, the 70s? So 70s. it wasn't long after they expanded from the original six. Yeah, and era. a lot of people mess that up. They don't realize, like, teams like the Penguins. Yeah, it was the, the Pe- They the, were not in the W. No, like the Pittsburgh Penguins, the St. Louis Blues. Um, it was, what, four or five others? Yeah. Minnesota North Stars, yeah. I think, came in then. Well, they came a little later. Yeah, but they all came in, or several teams Kansas came in. Kansas City Scouts and a couple others. In 1967. And they all, lumped them, they all lumped them in one playoff, so that's why you had, basically it was a case of the old AFL against the NFL, where the St. Louis Blues would end up getting in the cup finals and getting whomped by the established yeah. teams. But they were not WHA. Because no, the they, Sabres. Yeah, they actually came in before but the WHA. But then we had the WHA. And, you know, you're looking teams like, uh, what, Edmonton? Yeah. Uh, Vancouver? Hartford, the Hartford, good old whale. Uh, Winnipeg. And, and you had a lot of guys that were, I think, would be blackballed from the NHL because they jumped ship. And a lot of what they tried to do from my readings of the league, and they actually pulled, like, Gordy Howe out of retirement. Mm-hmm. And they got Bobby Hull to a big deal. And I guess they had a lot of financial problems. So when they signed Bobby Hull for the Jets... Everybody in the league anted up some money because they wanted to get a star. Yeah, and they got themselves a star with Bobby Hull. And I no wish doubt. I regret to say I've never really seen any games of theirs. I well, it was before my time, but um, there might exist some clips somewhere. Oh, I'm sure they do for that probably. I don't know if they were ever featured on TV or anything. Don't know. They may have been. But one thing I was going to actually dive into for there's you have to understand how many leagues there were in hockey. There's a federal league. Oh, good the Quebec guy. Well, League. Well, let's just go down the list of some of the ones we've heard of. There was, or even that are around today. You have, uh, well, the AHL that's been around forever. IHL. The IHL, which um, is still around. I think. No, the IHL went away in oh, two thousand one. Well, it's a lost league now. So yeah, um, it's just so many. You, you know, you had the the CHL. The you know the you know you're talking guys like. The people that played the Hanson brothers were playing in, 
you know, the Northeast Hockey League, the North American Hockey there's League, one, the Continental Hockey League, the It's not a great movie, but if you ever see the movie Youngblood, there's the scene where they play in the Quebec League and they got the big fencing as fans. I guess that league was renowned for being That's what I've, crazy. I've heard, yeah. But the thing was, if you go back to Slapshot, all these guys in the movies have colorful histories yeah, of some the, of these leagues. Several of the... Which several one of guy the, was like, who was like the lead penalty league? Well, I think it was Poodle... Was uh, the league the league leader in penalty minutes in the ECHL? Not poodle, or it was either which one of them was in the movie was banned for life? Was it Poodle? Or was, was it Gilmore it, Tuttle? Or Gilmore Tuttle? The guy that played Gilmore Tuttle was actually banned for life from a league. wasn't for violence though; it was for gambling. <laughs> but Poodle uh, played Chief uh, Screaming Chicken or uh, whatever. That screaming just no, that's that's F Troop. No, uh, the big Tom Screaming Buffalo. Yeah, the big. I Claire's think, swamp water. <coughs> he had a good career in uh, several leagues. The CHL, the I believe he played in the IHL. But I think it was Gil, somebody had the poodle was like the, for penalty minutes. Yeah, and he did lead the league. It may not have been the ECHL, but it was one of those Eastern leagues. And you have good stories. There was the guy from the St. Louis Blues who got finally to the NHL when he was in his late 30s in the 70s. Mm. After playing, like, all these years, that's like the mixed blessing. If you played in any of these leagues, you might have played, have all these records, but you really might have, you probably still just wish you played one game. Well, like, uh, Les Binkley was the first uh, goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins in 67. And they used to call him the seventh best goaltender in hockey. Yeah, the Binker. And he was the first goalie who used contact lenses. Yeah, but that's the irony. He was the seventh best goaltender in hockey. And, and you go back and think when they had the original six, how many very, very, very good players never saw the light could of day never in the make NHL? the NHL. So some of these leagues really well, were great, very competitive. Like great very case good. in point, uh, the more recent Hall of Famer Willie O'Ree, uh, renowned as the first uh, black man to play uh, in the NHL, and I'm not going to call him African American because he's Canadian. But uh, you know, he played what? 15 games in the NHL? but He had an amazingly expansive career in various and minor Fred Saskamoose, and I'm not calling him American Indian, because he was Canadian. Yeah, he was Canadian. He played, he played 11 games in the NHL, but he had a huge career. Or another one of our favorite people, Don Cherry. Yeah. One game in the NHL. It was a playoff game for the Boston Bruins, but he had a legendary career in the minor leagues. Yeah. And a lot of these guys, they really had whole careers doing this. Oh, God, yeah. Because when you you had to be the cream of the crop to get into the NHL. <laughs> Absolutely, because um, I think in listening to other podcasts, Chris Jericho interviewed his father, Ted Irvin, who played in the NHL. He said, you had to be something special to break in when there was only six teams and thousands of people vying for those Six teams and people spots. want, especially in Canada back then, want to see hockey. So you, you have your little leagues and everything. Yeah, that's why every I think actually every province had at least two leagues, either like a junior league or a minor league. And you go back. One of my favorite things when I was a kid, we had Yvonne Lambert, who won a bunch of cups with the Canadians, and then ended up playing with the Amherst because still at that time, before major expansion. Yeah. You couldn't get up there. No, you really and one and the problem is once you got sent down, it was real hard to get back and up. And remember too, back then where these days you're not gonna see a Bryce Harper play for the Phillies, 
farm teams unless he's on rehab. Right. Back yeah, then, yeah. they they had two way contracts. Yep. They and send I used down to like to go through up. the hockey news, and you would see all these star players. I saw like Pat Boutet play for Binghamton Whalers. Really. Greg Malone too. Oh, Greg Malone. That was a good player. Yeah. And I remember this one guy going, Boutet, you're a loser. <clears throat> it's hockey. Well, that is hockey. Lots and lots. Let us not forget uh, what the great Tom Barrasso had a cup of coffee with the Amherst. Yeah. Well, these, I mean, this is still going on, but I think part of the discussion is these are alternative leagues as well yeah, as defunct it, leagues. It's not just defunct, but it's also alternative. If you're tired of the NHL or Major League Baseball, there are tons of other leagues. Like another one, actually, they're in, as we're recording this, they're right near the end of the playoffs is the KHL, the Continental Hockey League oh. over in uh, Eastern Europe. Well, man, all, wherever you go, there's the Alps League. Hockey is huge all over there. Oh, yeah. Like I said, there's even the British Hockey League. But still, I don't. I don't just, I don't picture. But no, the Continental Hockey League is mainly Russia, the former Soviet countries, and China has a few teams. Yeah. In the in the KHL and you know so you're looking you there's some and there's some big players that came out of there. Yeah. Now imagine if we just started a podcast that we called it in the middle. Well, that's the way switching gears here. All right. Well, there was a league in football. Well, let's this year. let's talk about football. <laughs> and we're it, gonna go backwards a little. We'll start with the recent one. The first. most recent one is the demise of the Alliance of American Football. Not through anything with the NFL, but through basically if you read the news. The blatant lies of the ownership about how much money they actually had. And Steve Spurrier, who was the coach of Orlando, is pissed. He is angry. A sad part. Because of, he was enjoying himself. The sad part about this is, okay, on the surface, it looked like they had a very good plan and a very good thing going. They were almost a farm. They were a they chance were, for you to try to get back. Yeah, they, they, going, they advertised the league as... You can get back right into the NFL. It's almost like an audition. If you're a younger guy, prove yourself. Yeah, they were the farm. They were going to be the NFL's farm system, like the NHL has the AHL and baseball has all the different minor leagues. This was going to be the NFL's farm system, and it suspended operations eight weeks into a ten week season. And they were smart. It's on the surface because they signed you. She had a three year deal. Yep. 250000 a year. The coaches made 500000 The coaches are some good names. Well, I mean, coach-wise, you had Steve Spurrier. Mike Riley. Mike Riley. Dennis Erickson. Mike Singletary. Mike Singletary. Um, Rick Neuheisel. And in assistant coaching position, you got Pete Metzelars was uh, an assistant coach Lots for of San guys Antonio. were in, even for the broadcast, it had a TV contract. Uh, Rod Woodson was part of the yeah, broadcast. You had NFL guys all around. Yeah, Heinz Ward and Troy Polamalu were in the front office. And my dad got a kick out of watching it. Did it be God? Yeah, it was a fun game. I enjoyed watching it, and then it just went away. Well, I mean, the one side, I guess. Shit, even the original XFL made it through a whole season. Yeah, but one of the what things I, about that, too, is I guess some guys are getting signed, though. Yeah, the NFL has been signing a lot of them, but they're still not allowed to sign with uh, with the, the CFL or with other football leagues, yeah. they have to only go to the NFL. Which bullshit because they already There's violated. No league, man, is yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've already and they've filed a lot of class action lawsuits have been filed against the ownership. But we mentioned it's coming back. I guess for some reason, I don't know yeah, why right. the XFL. Yeah, well, that to quote many a famous man, that's the rumor. That league was crap to begin with. You knew it was in trouble when people were asking the question the first time around. Well. 
because Vince McMahon's involved, oh, there, are the games going to be staged? And all I can say was watching a couple of them, I wish they were staged because they would have been a lot more interesting. Oh, it was terrible. And that's the sad part about it. They tried to do I, it's he, old, fo- old school hockey, old school football. I remember wanting to watch a game one day with Chicago and somebody perfect conditions, rainy, lousy, you know, perfect football. That's good football weather. But the football was terrible. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. I think really, let's think, what would be the most successful parallel league would have been the the, the AFL. Yeah. So good that it caused a merger. And people don't remember that. That league is gone because it merged with the NFL. Right. And how many of these leagues have ever done that, but... In Literally, football, that was the only one. Had the Super Bowl been a year earlier, you would have saw your Bills get killed by the Packers. Right. But, uh, you know, because the AFL was basically the entire decade of the 60s, and that spawned a lot of the teams that we have now came out of there. The what, the Bills, the Browns, the 49ers. Uh, then there was the Miami Seahawks, who later became the Baltimore Colts oh. when they came to the NFL. Or no, that was I'm sorry. That's AAF, the AAFC. Well, the because no, Baltimore Colts were in the NFL. Yeah, I apologize. No, there is the uh, there was, but I was going to actually say what you mentioned there. There was the old AAF. Yeah, the AAFC back in the '40s, and that's where the they were the Buffalo Bisons. They became the Bills. But coming out of the AFL, you have uh, the Broncos, the Chief Raiders, the Raiders, Chargers, uh, the Chargers. Oh, trivia for you: It's not named after a horse; it's named after a charge card because that was the company yep. of the team's owner. Exactly, that was where he made his money. I remember the T-shirt uh, back in the older days. This is the last time the Chargers were good. Dodge made them. <laughs> that was a that was a quality one. But the AFL was interesting because they not only competed right alongside with them, they literally competed direct head to head. And you remember, the, of course, the New York Titans and Jets. Right. Who, of course, and that's the big thing. Joe Namath shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. No, I'm sorry. Had the, had the Jets lost that Super Bowl, nobody would have ever. But heard what of Joe happened Namath. when the Jets won that Super Bowl was they established the league as legitimate. Right. They did. And that was a big thing for them, where there was almost parody. But the thing, if you look at your modern NFL game, like it, don't like it, whatever else, go back to the AFL and pretty much they adopt because. That was a wide open passing league. That's why my dad loved because they the were just AFL. you would see a lot running, of guys run and gun West Coast offense. They would have probably a mediocre percentage for completions, a lot of interceptions. Why? Because they chucked the ball freaking sixty seven yeah. yards all the time. It's like oh, he threw seven interceptions. Yeah, but he threw seventy four times. Yeah, and he <laughs> threw it. Not only that, but they were like hail marys and they were like glorified punts. Yeah. That's all it was. It's like, well, it's fourth down. Let's air it up yeah, and see like what happens. Daryl LaMonica, the mad bomber. Yeah. I, I, oh, my God. I mean, I've seen clips of it. Obviously, it uh, it merged with the NFL before the 1970 season. But then there was, in the 70s, a short-lived WFL. The WFL? The World? No, that was... The, the WFA, whatever. That was the league that came in the middle of the 1970s. It basically ruined the Miami Dolphins because they signed away Larry Zonka and Jim Kick. Oh, the God, Birmingham I Bulls. remember that. Yes, yes, It lasted yes. for two years and then tanked. As soon as you said that, I remember that now. Oh, my Never God. Never seen was... a game in my life I've seen. No. All I've ever seen is sometimes a couple pictures of players posing in the uniforms. That's it. You've, there's, like, no physical evidence other than that 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 league ever even and existed. And I could say Birmingham Bulls. Otherwise, I don't really even know. 
but it lasted for two seasons. They were trying, but they did ruin the Dolphins because yeah, they definitely screwed. The they Dolphins offered there. big deals to Zonka, and then they ran out of money. <laughs> yeah, a la AAF apparently. Yep. But then the other one that came into being, and uh, I watched some of these, was the USFL. My dad, the, Pittsburgh had a team. The Maulers. For, for one year, 1984 season, the Pittsburgh Maulers. Mike Rozier. Mike Rozier. I think uh, he was probably the best player on that team. Oh, Mike I remember, Rozier. because I used to go to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Penguin games at the old at the Civic old Arena. Yeah. And I remember hearing on the radio, they were advertising for the Birmingham Stallions against the Pittsburgh Maulers. <laughs> yes. And it was a case of, Stout goes back to pass to Smith, intercepted, because Cliff Stout was the quarterback yes, of the Cliff Birmingham Stallions. Stout. But those teams, and a lot on of the good front, players they, because they... Together. Paid money, so they got some quality guys like out Reggie, of the draft. Reggie White started with Jim the, Kelly, the Memphis Steamboats. Yep. Um, Anthony Carter. Anthony Carter. Herschel Walker. Oh, I forgot Herschel Walker. Was yeah, there. the New Jersey Generals. Yep. Doug Flutie, who took some years to finally come around here, well, he, but he he honed his craft in the U.S. Steve and Young, the L.A. Express. Oh, shit, I forgot Steve Young played for the yes, USFL. Yes, he played for the L.A. Express. Gary yeah. Anderson, the running back. Tampa yeah, the B- running back. Steve Spurrier, the coaching the Tampa Bay Bandits. Yep. With John Reeves, the old Bucks quarterback. And that league lasted for three, three seasons, three 83 seasons. to 85. But then they had the famous $2, because I guess there was a court suit. Yep. And this was infamously where, of all people, Donald Trump made his team, because he was involved with the New Jersey Generals, I he think. Was. And, and so... The president's one of his ventures there was a defunct football He, Yeah, but wasn't really his fault. But I would say watching those games, a lot of them were, they weren't, and I would have liked to have taken an all-star team from that league and played an NFL team. I think it may have been very good because what I think the difference was a lot of their front-line talent was damn good and could play, yes. but then they didn't have the depth. That's, that's what it was. They had... Yeah, they had their starters who were really good, but nobody to back them up, unlike NFL teams who have good depth at all levels. Yeah. But then there's another one. I I know about this more from my PS2 and PS3 games because we had them as teams. The World League. Ah, the World League. I remember the Ryan Fire. Well, coached by the great late great Hall of Famer Ernie Stautner, I believe. But now the World League was interesting because it started off as NFL – no, it started off as the World League. Then it became the World League of American Football. Then it became NFL Europe. And it it basically it ended I think 2007 was oh. the it was NFL Europa. Oh, in 2007. Wow. But you had and the weird thing is Barcelona Dragons, yeah, the I remember. Barcelona Dragons, the Frankfurt London Galaxy, Knights. the London Monarchs. Okay, close. It was the and then for the World League, they had an awful lot of teams in the uh, in the United States. <laughs> was it uh, the Durham, the Raleigh Durham Skyhawks, coached by the legendary Roman Gabriel? Uh, the San, Ant- I think it was the New York New Jersey Knights. That's the Knights. Yeah, the I knew New York New Jersey. Uh, San Antonio had a team. The Express. Or the all I remember Stampede is the, all I remember is the Gamblers from the USFL. Oh yeah. No, the Houston Gamblers, the San Diego, San Antonio, somethings. Yeah, Stallions maybe, but that that league, I don't understand. I mean, I can see. I think it was the Wranglers. I think. Yeah, 
I can see why it didn't work at the time, although now the NFL has its presence in I think it's Europe. the novelty, though. People want to see the NFL games. They always put, like, some of the worst teams around. Usually get a Browns-Jaguars game right. or something. Exactly. You get the Browns-Jaguars playing in London. But, you know, the fact that this league existed... And it did bring some awareness of the game of America. But it did football. the other thing. The XFL, the one thing it did do is, for love him or hate him being a Steelers fan, Tommy Maddox revived his career. He did. He was selling insurance uh, in Texas, was signed by the Las Vegas, whoever the hell they were. I have no idea. I just know that he played in the XFL. Yeah, Las Vegas Extreme or whatever the hell they were, and they won the million-dollar game, the championship, and Tommy Maddox. The Ted DiBiase? Yes. Tom, something to do. Tommy <laughs> Maddox was the MVP and came out and had a Pretty decent rest of his career with yeah, the Yeah, I mean, he wasn't bad, but one of the, that's what the story in the whole World League, it was almost a minor league, but there's one name that stands out for me, and that's Brad Johnson, the quarterback for the Vikings, the Redskins, the Bucks. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because he was a guy out of Florida State, and he was a backup, and they took him because he had a really strong arm, but he needed tutoring. Yeah. So what was happened like, was... Like Rick Vaughn in Major League. So what happened was... He went off and played in that league. He got the start, and he really, that's how he rose up in the NFL. Right, and that's, a lot of people forget that these leagues serve a purpose where it's like old wrestling territories. You hone your craft before you get to the big show, which in this case was the NFL. And there was one, I don't even, I'm not even going to get the name right of this one. It said Continental League or whatever it was. It was, I remember Dennis Green and oh, no, it was, Dante uh, Culpepper playing. No, it was it. the, 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 oh, God damn it. Dead oh, air, the, dead no, air. the UFL, the United Football League. That's what it was? Yeah, Dante Culpepper played in he the played UFL. He played coached by this old coach, Dennis Green. Yep. And I have no idea, to be honest, what the Two, heck three happened years. to that one. Two, three years, and I think it shit, shit the bed. Maybe like 2011 Did or so. Did you ever see a game? No, just I didn't popping even... like late night cable, even popping. No, see. not even not even on ESPN, the Ocho, would I ever see I mean, I would UFL see indoor game. soccer games late at night even. I wouldn't see. I would see Australian rules football. Before Which I anybody, the, if you still could explain yeah, please, the hell with Please the, email me, email us and explain the rules of Australian rules football. But, but you mentioned it, and especially these days for pro wrestling, all the defunct things. Oh, for, yeah, the, the I old mean, territories. But there's also one I was going to bring up because you made me think of it for some reason, the whole era of USFL and everything else, was you may remember it, you may not. It had a presence briefly, but never went anywhere. It was the big counter-promotion briefly on ESPN to counteract Vince McMahon Jr.'s new WWF with the Hulkster. It was Pro Wrestling USA. I do not remember that at all. What this was, it was the AWA Vern Gagne teaming up with some NWA guys, and they came up with this big federation which got a contract at ESPN tried to work out of New York and tried to get in. At the time, Sergeant Slaughter was huge. He left WWF because... It became a case of, I have a contract with G.I. Joe. Yeah, he was he was and, under contract and with Hasbro. And Vince said, you can't do both. Yeah. So he said, I'll heck with you. Yeah, I'm he said, go. see ya. Because he was the first real person. He was the first, and yeah, the first real G.I. Joe. Yeah. Sergeant Slaughter. Because that was sort of the generic name for you, soldier in World War II. The Zero yeah. Pile story, the story of G.I. Joe. Yeah, G.I. Joe. Hey, so, Joe, because it was an easy name. And for remember a lot of Sergeant Slaughter with the Cobra Corps? There was a cartoon. Yep. But he joined this, and the bad, the real big bad guy was a guy called Colonel De Beers, who was an evil South African. Yeah. And they tried to do events at 
NASA burned Meadowland Arena, Madison Square Garden. They had a TV contract. I think Backlund was on there for a while. Yeah, I have never heard of that one. And it folded. I mean, you could find it. I'm, oh, I'm sure I can, but I've but never heard of But there's all these. Obviously, the territories in the day are now defunct sports leagues. Well, yeah, because you would have. Well, AWA. Let's just throw out a couple. The AWA, Mid-South with the great Bill Watts. Florida. Florida with, um. Who was running Florida? The Grams. Yeah, Mike Graham. Or no, Graham. not Mike, Eddie. Well, Grant Mike was his son or something. Um, St. Louis was Sam Muchnick. Uh, the Carolinas with Jim Crockett, and he became WCW. Yep. Uh, then you had... There was like so L.A. Many, and everything. Yeah, up which, in Maine. That's actually... Yeah, you had L.A., well, which you was had run Oregon, by Leo And down the there, player. actually, one of the places down there, that's where really Roddy Piper got his start. Yeah, in Portland uh, with... Um, Oh, Christ, who was in charge you know of was inv- I don't know who was involved, but you know who was involved there? Russ Francis' dad. Yeah, um, can't remember his name, but yeah, yeah, Russ Francis, the all-world tight end. But there's a lot, because that's a lot now when you hear people complain about how bad wrestling is. They love the smaller promotions. Yeah, Ring of Honor. Um, Ring of Honor just did something. They've been selling out Madison Square they Garden. Have been. They have I think they're teaming with All Japan yeah. and New Japan. And they have, actually, there's supposed to be this new wrestling league coming up now. Oh, we just looked it up, and I can't remember what the but name But it's supposed it to be, supposedly, it may, it's funded by the owner from the Jaguars, who has yes. lots and lots of money. Yeah, that guy has money to literally burn. They've already got Chris Jericho. They've got Cody Rhodes, so I guess Cody Rhodes has become huge on the independent circuit. Uh, not just him, but they've got uh, Kenny Omega. Who, yeah, who's who is supposed to be the tearing, big, tearing big guy. shit up They've had rumors about Dean Ambrose, but it looks like he's going to stay now. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's going anywhere, but... No, Kenny Omega and um, Jericho and Cody Rhodes, those are three really big names for this. And talk about defunct, and as we've talked about before, the good old TV wrestling studio days. Yeah, studio wrestling in Pittsburgh ended years ago, long before. uh, Rochester had studio wrestling. Yeah. I think every city pretty much had studio wrestling. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they did. And it's unfortunate most of them weren't taped. Or taped over. Yeah. But one of the things, too, going around for going back to baseball a little, one we don't think about a lot. I thought about it because of wrestling, actually, because of Sid Vicious. Sid used to play for Steel's All-Stars, a softball team. There were pro softball teams yeah. around. And we used to go see one here. We used to see where there's a Rochester one we used to go see all the time. But actually, speaking of that, uh, the, to tie it into wrestling again, Braun Strowman, his father is a Hall of Fame slow-pitch softball player. Like the most home runs of anybody in senior softball in semi pro softball. And then if you ever see fastest softball, it's something else the way they whip that ball in. Oh Jesus. Um I think that was it was through that in the Olympics that began my lifelong crush with uh, Jenny on Jenny Fence. Oh Jenny Fence, yeah. Oh god. She I mean it was impossible to see her pitch. I mean it was amazing. Well, I know I've seen it, it's amazing. Now, I think talking about alternative leagues that are gone now, they've said they've served their purpose. Plus, they're yes. all little fun things. And I'm sure if you look around and do a lot more research, if you feel it, if you're interested, there's probably croquet leagues. There's oh, probably God, all yeah. these mini little things all over the place that are semi-pro. Yeah, or, semi-pro or amateur. Or, or like some old dudes who want to play football. or Yeah, well, that was the AAF for a time. For, oh, there's I have to bring one up. Now, you may have forgotten this one, too, but this was it only ran for a while. Now, the sad part about this, 
There's a book about it. I think it died after two or three years because so many of the players ended up just coming up with injuries. They used to have a, an old-timers pro league for baseball. I remember, remember it. Yep. And the thing was, all these guys came out who were retired and played. And the problem, Isn't sort of called, sad, funny. And called like the Golden League yeah, or something? Yeah, the Golden League. And it was a real yeah, thing. I remember and it. the sad, funny part was a lot of guys a ended lot. up pulling hammies, yeah, getting hurt. A lot hurt. of big names played yeah. in that league. And they were some stacked teams if you look and at I the rosters. And I think it came out of almost like fantasy leagues because what happens sometimes in your pro baseball, your major league teams, they have these packages. If you're like some guy who's trying to live his childhood and what may have been, you can go play down Florida with some of the old timers. Yeah. But this was a real league. Yep. And it had all these old players who just ended up getting hurt because it was a sport and they were old and... That's how it happened. Yeah. But I remember that league, and I'm trying to think. There was some big name. There was Greg Nettles. He played. Yeah, Greg Nettles There were a played. lot of names. Literally, if you saw the league, you would remember almost every one of them. If you looked at your 70s baseball cards. Yeah. And I don't think they had an age limit. So you had some guys just in their early 40s and some guys pushing 60. Yeah, you had some legit old-timers. I think Phil Necro probably played because he was oh, still clucking sh- around with that knuckleball. Me. It wasn't shot. Yeah, with the knuckleball, you can pitch until the day you die. Yeah, you hope there's never like a senior boxing league. Or oh, God, give it time. You know, like that. But that was something. And sometimes I look at that for the fun. You know, that's what Guy Lafleur said when he came out of retirement. He said playing pickup hockey wasn't enough. You're only going to do it for so long. Right. Brett Favre, love him or hate him with his little hem and hawing. He made the point one time that got to me where he said, look, when you retire, you're never going to do it again. Exactly. That's why he retired six times. Or like Michael Jordan came out of retirement because they're there. But I think some of these offer things for people who like to play. That's what it is. And like, and, and that's why I think the sad part is with the more of these leagues coming and especially going, it's just taking away the opportunity for people that actually love the game to really play it. Yeah. And that's sad. I think that's what happens, though. They get a good idea. I think that's the problem. I always call the bigism in this society. Right. Where somebody latches an idea, ha, I can make money out of this, and they got to yeah, pop they, it all up. And then up they fucking and, ruin it for everybody where else. it was like a little weird little cult thing that people just dug. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. But. I'll be uh, going to a Muck Dogs game this year. Hell yeah. Back to the Muck Dogs game. And again, game. I tell you, go see your Yankees. What Aaron Judge ever hand you a bag of sunflower seeds? Exactly. When that guy's in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to say, look at these sunflower seeds. So those are just some of the leagues. Look them up and everything else. That's it. Look them up. And if there's something interesting, give us us an email because I know there's stuff I missed. Oh, there's so many more. Oh, yeah. So many more. And then you go to other countries, can you imagine? Oh, God. And all the leagues that played. And then you ever meet, like, the old guy, the old athlete. Well, you know, I played in this, in this league, and I'm yeah. a Hall of Famer in this. I played in the Iron Leagues and all this shit. It's yeah, like, I want to know about the Iron League. you see league. a guy, like, at a bar, hey, what's the picture of these dudes? Oh, they're from the 50s. We played in this league? Yeah. They're all around. So look, uh, look out for them. And also, give us a prediction. If anybody wants to comment, give us a prediction. What would be a funny or new funny league? Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing it, but much like the AAF, we got to cut this one short. We're out of time. Yeah, we're out of uh, jokes. We're out of yeah. time. <laughs> so keep on sporting. Rob, you have anything to close it Yeah, out? I suppose we're the alternative podcast league to the bigger ones. Well, there you go. Alternative podcasting and... 
that be that. We'll see yep. you next time. Yeah.